One thing we count on, no matter what our political views are, is that our votes will be counted on election day. According to my next guest, it's too late to say for sure that'll be the case in 2018. Barbara Simmons says elections can be hacked, and they can be hacked in a way that no one would ever know they've been altered. Barbara has a PhD in computer science from Berkeley. She's the author of Broken Ballots, Will Your Vote Count? and the chair of Verified Voting, a nonpartisan advocacy group for safe elections. She's been warning politicians about unsafe voting systems for over a decade. I'm Grant Burningham. Welcome to Bots and Ballots from Yahoo News, a show about the intersection of technology and politics from Silicon Valley. I started Facebook, I run it, and I'm responsible for what happens here. This should be a wake-up call for the tech community. I did not know that Russian bots were promoting my campaign. The question is where and how did the Russians get into this? We are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. Barbara, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Let's just jump in. When we vote in any state in the union, do we have a reasonable expectation that our vote will get counted? Um, the answer is it depends on what state. Why don't you go into that? Because I know that there are five states which are digital count only, and then there are eight additional states which are in some level of digital. So why don't you tell me why we should be concerned about digital-only states in particular? Well, when you say digital-only, uh, you are saying there's no paper ballot and no paper record. Uh, that means that there's no way to do a recount. You have to basically trust that what the information that's stored in the computer is correct and hasn't been tampered with. The fight against paperless voting systems was led by computer scientists in the early 2000s because we understand that you just can't trust computers for a whole variety of reasons. They could have software bugs, there could be mistaken programming, or they could be attacked or manipulated uh, surreptitiously. And if there's no, no paper trail, no paper ballot, there's no way to verify if any of these things has happened. Entirely paperless are Georgia, New Jersey, Delaware, Louisiana, and South Carolina. Pennsylvania is not entirely paperless. Pennsylvania is only 83% paperless. More than enough to change any statewide election in Pennsylvania. And it's a critical state. Do we have any hints that any election has been breached up until now? People have made accusations, but there's no real proof. That's the beauty of paperless elections. If there is no way to check, then you can't prove. So some elections people have claimed, well, the results differ from what the exit polls say they should be. That doesn't prove anything. I mean, for one thing, exit polls can be unreliable. Even if they were more reliable, you still couldn't prove anything because there would be no way to check on the results. Let's talk about what we know happened in 2016. We know that Russians in 21 states seemed to drive by the bank to take a look at what was inside it. Why don't you tell us what we know about that? Well, we know that the Russians probed voter registration databases and related technology in these states and that they actually breached at least two of these databases. We have no evidence that anything surreptitious was done in the sense that we don't know that any voters' names were taken off the rolls or addresses changed or anything. However, there was an interesting situation in Durham, North Carolina in 2016 when people went to the polls to vote. This, by the way, is a heavily Democratic uh, African-American area. 
They went to the polls to vote, and they were having major problems. I think that the polls delayed opening for a couple of hours, if I'm not mistaken. And there were serious problems with these voter registration databases. Now, we also know, and we knew at the time, that the company that made the voter registration database, that made the software for it, called VR, which is located in Florida, had been hacked. What we don't know is whether or not the hacking of VR had an effect on what happened in Durham, North Carolina. Some of us wanted to actually to try to grab those databases and conduct a forensic analysis of them, but that didn't happen for a variety of reasons, which I think is most unfortunate. I wonder what the purpose of Russia's probing in 2016 might have been. Why would they be interested in the voting rolls? Well, one way to rig an election, of course, is to prevent people from voting. And you can do that by taking their names off the voting rolls, changing their address, uh, so that when they go to the polls, they, they're told that they're in the wrong place, and then they go to the other place, and they're told they're not registered there, generally creating confusion at the polling place so that you disenfranchise people by creating long lines. Another thing you can do, of course, is to pad the voting rolls and add names of fictitious voters. That's probably harder to do, but um, that's something that could be done, uh, especially if you have Internet voting, which would allow people to vote remotely. If there was a digital hack in an all-digital system, what would that look like, and how would you go about proving that happened? Well, if I were going to hack a system, and by the way, I have several candidates in mind, including Georgia and Pennsylvania, but if I were going to hack a system, I would randomly select ballots and see who they voted for. If my candidate was candidate B, and one of these ballots that I randomly selected had a vote for candidate A, I would change it to B, or I would just you know, move it to a no vote. Uh, if it were a vote for candidate B, I wouldn't touch it. By doing it randomly, there's no way to to repeat the process. I mean, if somebody were to run the system again, it would behave differently because of the randomness. There are several reasons why this would be very difficult to detect. First of all, the software that's used in voting machines today is all proprietary, and it's almost impossible for independent security experts to examine it. Secondly, there's a great reluctance to go back and check because people like to have the results finalized. They don't like the uncertainty. Election officials don't like being challenged as to how well they ran their elections, although I think this is not something they should take personally. One of the things you can do with malware is that you can write software that will erase itself after it's executed. So one could, in principle, install malware into a voting machine that would do its dirty deed and then self-erase. It would be very difficult to find evidence that this had happened. It would be difficult to find the malware even if it didn't self-erase because uh, the software in voting machines is quite large. it's difficult to find malware in, in any kind of software system. If it were easy to find malware, it would also be easy to find bugs because you could think of malware as an extreme kind of bug. Are we at all prepared for the cybersecurity aspect of 2018? We are not prepared. It's, it's very discouraging. Members of the intelligence community are talking about the fact that we are under a uh, cyber attack from Russia. This isn't me saying this. This is members of the intel community saying this. But the country is not acting as if we are under, under attack. And in particular, we are not defending our elections the way they need to be defended. As I say, the security of your vote will vary from state to state. But as a country, we are not taking the necessary steps to protect the results of our election. The midterm is vulnerable to attack. There's nothing we can do about it. It's too late. It's too late. If Putin wants to attack our midterm, he will. How scared should we be? Oh, I'm damn scared. I'm not saying everyone else should be, but I am. A little knowledge can be disconcerting. 
we've kind of talked about Russia like they're the only ones who have the ability to do this, but how much expertise would it really take and how many people on the planet have access to that expertise? I'm glad you mentioned that because, of course, there are many countries, well, and also people, who could attack our elections. So we've already seen North Korea uh, hacked into Sony, Iran, China, Russia. There are a number of countries that may have hostile feelings towards the United States in one way or another. And any of these countries could attack our elections. It doesn't take a tremendous amount of resources, and besides which, these nation states can get all the good programmers that they need. I know some of the voting systems are running things as old as Windows XP. No computer is really secure. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's why we need paper ballots. In terms of how secure various systems are, clearly the most insecure systems are the paperless ones. In Georgia, for example, everyone who goes to the polls will be voting on Diebold paperless touchscreen voting machines that we've known how to attack since 2006. And in fact, there's a video on the Verified Voting website, verifiedvoting.org, uh, showing Alex Halderman, who's the University of Michigan professor and also Verified Voting's first technology fellow. Alex remotely hacked into the Diebold machines that will be used in Georgia. Now, if Alex can hack into them remotely, so can any nation state. So the fact of the matter is the Georgia election, in my opinion, is highly vulnerable to attack. Hopefully it won't be attacked, but it is vulnerable. As I said, anything that uses a computer is insecure. That includes paper ballot-based systems because almost all of them are tabulated by scanners, and the scanners basically are computers. That means that we can't trust any of these outcomes. We have to check them. We have to verify them. Fortunately, we have a solution. We know how to verify them. There's something called risk-limiting audits which uses statistics to randomly select ballots and compare them to what the computer says or the scanner says in this case. And as a way of checking that the scanner is behaving correctly, that it, isn't, that it hasn't been hacked or that it doesn't have software bugs or that the, the programming that was done for the election doesn't have a mistake in it. So we have this, in the case where you have paper ballots, you can actually check and you can verify the results. As Reagan said, trust but verify. And we know how to do it. We basically can run evidence-based elections if we have voter-marked paper ballots. We know how to do this. This is all solved. It's not rocket science. We have the solution. The hard part now is getting it implemented nationwide. I know another way of adding some protection to a system is to do something called an air gap and keep it protected from the Internet. So if our voting systems aren't plugged into the World Wide Web, do we still have to worry? Yes. Even if a voting machine is not attached to the internet, and let's assume it's not, you still have to update that machine with information about each new election. So you have to tell it who the candidates are, what their positions are on the ballot, and so on. So that information is called a ballot definition file. What is typically done is ballot definition files are prepared on a standalone computer because the voting machines don't have the wherewithal to prepare them. So you prepare them on a standalone computer, typically a PC. And then that information, once it's been prepared, the ballot definition file, is read onto a remote memory device, like a, like a memory stick, and then transported physically to the voting machine and then inserted into the voting machine. The problem is this computer could itself have been connected to the Internet, and typically they are. And if a computer is connected to the Internet, that computer could be infected with malware. If the malware is aimed at changing the election, it could 
then infect the ballot definition file or the information that's put onto the memory device. And then when that memory device is transported to the voting machine, the voting machine will become infected. That's how it's done. And in fact, I, I don't know if people remember, I think it was back in 2010, when the Iranian centrifuges were destroyed. They were destroyed by a virus called Stuxnet. What happened was that they started spinning madly out of control until they self-destructed. Now, these machines were not connected to the Internet. These centrifuges were not connected to the Internet. The way that Stuxnet got into these centrifuges was by the method I just said, that a computer that was used to interface with the uh, centrifuges was itself infected, and then it infected the centrifuges. If whoever, and I think it was the United States and Israel, but whoever did this was able to destroy these centrifuges, which were not connected to the Internet, you know, it's not a big leap of faith to assume that it would be certainly possible to attack an election using similar techniques. Is the government doing anything on this front? Well, there are people in the government who are concerned and who are trying to do things. I would say uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee is certainly conducting a bipartisan investigation, which is a good thing. Uh, and they're hearing from intelligence officials, which is a good thing. I think there are people in the intelligence community who are very worried and doing what they can, trying to get information out to states and recommendations to, to take steps to make their systems as secure as they can. And even in cases where, like in Pennsylvania, where you have some really old, insecure paperless voting machines, there are steps that could be taken and should be taken to reduce the risk that the system will be hacked. It won't eliminate it, but you can at least take measures to make your system more secure, even though you can't make it totally secure. So if people want to know more about where their state is at or whether their state needs to upgrade its voting system, where can they go to find out about that? Verifiedvoting.org is the website. Um, has maintained the most extensive database of information about what's happening at the state level. So if you go to Verified Voting and click on the verifier, uh, you'll get to a map of the United States, and you'll see which type of system is used by each state. You can click on your state and drill down. You can drill down to the county level, who the, what the vendor is, what kinds of machines they are, and so forth. Verified Voting is a very good online resource for anyone who is interested in learning more about these issues. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's it for Bots and Ballots from Yahoo News. Please find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Special thanks to Leah Hitchens, my producer. I'm Grant Birmingham. Thanks for listening.